from round the corner to your street and neighbourhood. This is Pablo for breakfast. This morning we're chatting TV and movies. King of the nerds, Adam Ross, back with us once again. Of course, Adam, good morning. Good to be here, Pablo. Now let's start with a cinema release. You may need to take breakfast, lunch, dinner, a blanket, a doona, a pillow, change your clothes for this one. It runs for three and a half hours. Killer of the flower moon. Is it worth half a day, Adam? Look, always, mate. You know, like uh, we're talking about an embarrassment of riches here. This is like someone going, well, you know, I kind of like food. And I'm like, well, do you want to come to the gourmet buffet? You know, like I don't, I I think to, um, you know, Scorsese himself has said this, you know, like why are you whinging about the runtime of my movie when you watch four episodes of Netflix back to back, you know? Uh, And look, with a modern cinema, you can get half sloshed if you want. Go and get some chocolate tops to get all the nutrients that you need during this time um i will say this because this movie is going to pivot onto streaming you know sooner than later i, I think this is something that you should see in a theatrical engagement because it is such a wide spanning kind of you know epic tale and the pacing here is so deliberate and it creeps up on you until you know it's basically got your hand its hands around your throat and you care deeply about these characters that um if you were to watch it in three installments and you were to go and make a tea and order a pizza, I just don't think it's going to have the accumulative effect that, you know, that Scorsese is going for here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that now, you know, these collaborations that Scorsese has done with DiCaprio have all been exceptional. You know, it's given us movies like The Departed, Wolf of Wall Street, The Aviator, Gangs of New York. And this is definitely one of the best ones that they've done. I mean, they're all, to me, five-star films. Um, I mean, the, the plotting of this is interesting because ostensibly it's western though it's not like a gunslinging thing or anything like that it's you know it's set in the osage oil fields um but like all of scorsese's things there's this impeccable recreation of the period you feel like you were there you can smell the sweat and the dirt you know and you can smell the greed you know and so leonardo dicaprio here in what i probably think is his best performance and i'll just qualify that because leo you know is the most handsome playboy on the planet effectively and here you know he's got this unflattering haircut he's kind of got these crooked teeth and he's not the brightest spark and so to see him play someone that's so opposed to his public persona it's really quite bracing at first Mm. um and so yeah and so watching this guy who is extremely duplicitous uh infiltrate you know this community and then work under the guidance of his uncle a sneering robert de niro here who is um definitely being pepped up in some degree i mean scorsese and de niro have made you know uh, a handful of the best films that have ever been made and here i think that you know them re-teaming up again has just you know totally reinvigorated um de niro and lily gladstone here who is kind of like you know finishing up this um this trinity of actors is in she's just insanely good in this i think that she'll probably get at least a nomination for best actress if not win but um yeah i mean this is kind of like a a sunday movie done perfectly in in a regard i mean you know like you've got you've got the vistas you've got the movie stars you've got this engrossing narrative you've got this sense of scale uh it is punctuated with some pretty graphic violence like all of scorsese's things but this is a much more contemplative piece and when you realize too what he's trying to say thematically you know i mean even in this country you know just this last week what we've had with our issues here with our um you know our representation 
and our recognition of First Nations people. You know, like these things have been going on forever. You know, like um, interlopers coming into communities and telling people they know how they should be living and it can have some very toxic effects. So it is quite a sad, serious piece of work. But yeah, definitely very, very close to one of the best films of the year, if not the best. Now, The Killer has a limited cinema release and then it's coming out on Netflix. Yeah, look, now this is basically like the Avengers of my creative favourites, right? So, you know, this is directed by David Fincher, who is my favourite filmmaker of all time, hands down, the guy that gave us the social network Fight Club Zodiac. Uh, it's got, you know, Michael Fassbender, front and centre hero, I think he's, you know, very close to the best actor working. Uh, it was written by Andrew Kevin Walker that wrote Seven, one of my favourite screenplays of all time. And it's got a score by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, a.k.a. Nine Inch Nails. So it's like, basically, it's like if I was playing fantasy baseball and producing a film this is what i would <laughs> what i would make um and look i thought that this was incredible i just saw this last night it's in it's going to drop on netflix um it's kind of like an anti-john wick in a way it is an assassin tale um a guy botches a job and people come after him and he decides to go after them and that's about all the plot that you get but through the kind of like steely gaze of fincher this thing becomes uh, just a trip into spiraling anxiety paranoia it's violent, gross, disturbing, and you don't really know where to put it. I fell asleep last night thinking, I just spent two hours with a really reprehensible character, but I was there for it, and that's what Fincher does really, really well. So, I mean, on a technical standpoint, it's the most, you know, gorgeous, uh, you know, bracing movie you'll probably see this year, but it's not, thematically it won't be for everyone, but I loved it. Now, if you want a bit of fun, Mission Impossible, the latest one is now on the streamers. It's funny because, you know, all three of these films are made by very serious kind of like movie artists, right? But they've all got their specific jobs, you know, like Scorsese wants to honor history and tell a story. Uh, you know, David Fincher wants to make your skin crawl. And Mr. Tom Cruise just wants to entertain, you know, like, I mean, the guy, the guy must sweat popcorn. I don't know, you know, and so like, I, and look, I know that we've hit almost exhaustion point of this franchise, but when he wants to throw, you know, $250 million worth of stunts up on the screen, who am I to complain? Um, I quite like Dead Reckoning Part 1. I, I don't know. I mean, I can't complain until I see the second part to see if this really warrants um, being split into two films. But as it stands, you know, like, I mean, every frame of this movie has got about $10 million worth of technical prowess behind it. And it gives... Uh, Tom manages to, like, you know, he is front and centre, but he manages to give incredible kind of screen time to, you know, Vanessa Kirby, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, and Hayley Atwell here. And they kind of, you know, they're just so dynamic on screen and i think that that's you know a really cool thing to for him to pass the button a little bit in this action filmmaking and scott i'm always looking for the thing and i think is a little bit nebulous for me but it, it's not kind of this like uncanny special effect or something that i haven't seen because you know as we know i've seen every movie <laughs> known to man and so the end of mission impossible dead reckoning contains a train sequence that implements practical and digital effects to a startling degree i'm like this thing is wild so even though this one, like all movies now, has got a really long runtime, um, if you want to just see what state of, the, like state of the art special effects look like in 2023, I think Dead Reckoning has got that ticket for this final sequence and worth the price of admission just for that. And if none of that is fancy for you and you don't want to sink your teeth into that, there is always Love is Blind Season 5, Adam. <laughs> Season yeah. five, me and my wife Season are up to. Uh, yeah, like, if you and I lived in the same house, I could see, you know, you're in one room and I'm watching Killers of the Flower Moon on a laptop. This is like... <laughs>
<laughs> so, different horses for different courses, Pablo. That's know. right. That's right. Uh, we'll see you in seven days, my friend. I'll talk to you then, Pablo. The feel-good start to your day. This is Pablo for breakfast. Triple